recorded live. Yeah, it's out of darkness into the light, and Dave has a beeping phone, and uh, talking to White Raven, and we actually talked for five hours, four hours. And wow, it sure didn't seem like that long. And you know something? Um, this is a pretty good little battery on this thing. It gets a lot of work. Um, Did you finally get a new battery for your phone? No. It, it, it actually doesn't need one unless I'm... I don't want to talk this long. I just We just can't stop. <laughs> yeah, once you get started... It's too it's, exciting. Yeah, it's... I don't want, I didn't want to do that. I kept resisting. I go, I don't want, I want to keep this a shorter podcast. And we end up talking five hours anyway. Well, it's kind of good to keep the race going. Well, that's actually anyway. a pretty decent battery. Um, you know. But uh, we've had a pretty good discussion earlier and covered a wide range of topics and uh, got pretty deep on a few few things, and which is always good, which, you know, most people don't want to do. But it's always uh, it's always an honor to talk to you, Dave. Mm-hmm. And uh, keeping in touch with you and all that. So keep up the good work you're doing, all your research, and everything is quite fascinating. Very, very educational. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know your listeners appreciate it. Uh, I just want to say, I'll say this again, obviously, but I'm seeing the number 23 for the first time in, 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 in my life. Uh, really? And I was, I was aware. That, see, that's, that's an Illuminati number. Now, the easy, the, the easy route to uh-huh. that realization is simply a movie. It's called Number Twenty Three. Also, that. they have um, they have web pages out there specifically dedicated to the uh, Number Twenty Three, and I think that at least one of them or two of them are not there anymore. You can uh-huh. maybe find them on um, on the Internet Archive if you remember that site. Internet Archive. But um, I mean, I already knew about this, so I would have noticed if the Number Twenty Three was popping up, and it it never has until just recently. Now, what in the heck is going on? And not, and not only that, the 9-11 started for the first time. It started in about June, and it's ongoing. And I now, I actually write all these numbers down. What happens is I, I sit and I write all day long, and I think. And all my thoughts get recorded. And it's kind of like I used to call it a spiritual diary, but it's just it's just everything, and I just get all the all the main stuff because there's major stuff like happening every day, at least in my estimation. So I value knowledge and information, so I, I don't right. like to lose it. So I, I, I right. write down as much as possible, and when I see these little anomalies on a clock, I actually write those down. You know, it's information from top to bottom. As long as, uh-huh. as you go along, you see this little there's there's nine eleven, there's a twenty three. Now a twenty three is like you know two thirty, you know. Mm-hmm. I know why do you before. yeah why do you think all of a sudden you're seeing uh, 9/11 and uh, 23 do you, th- do you have a a reason that you okay. think that might well I've already said uh, just protect myself that no matter what happens I will believe that something did happen and, and it, it doesn't happen externally it's important to them there's an alternative theory though that they're trying to do something and they're not certain but if they're going to pull something like this off they're pretty certain, but they may not be absolutely certain, so God may stop them from having a dramatic external event that's negative. That seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. This seems to have to do with something that they know is going to happen. And so it's either going to be a big external uh, explosive event, or it won't be. And if it doesn't, I'm still going to maintain that something happened, because I've seen too much structuring and preparation far in advance. I mean, this is mind-boggling. Yeah, they've been building up for this. It actually goes back to the inauguration. Of the Pope. They already planned this stuff out. 
These are long yeah. time periods that culminate uh-huh. in September, so everything was planned out far in advance. And right. people don't know this. They need to, they need to be mm-hmm. aware of this. So um, it, it could be an important spiritual turning point on their timetable, but not ours, and we'll see nothing. Now, they did this, in my estimation, already in 2012, and we may actually be talking about the same thing. In other words, they're prepping you, prepping you, prepping you, prepping you for these great big explosive events mm-hmm. like they did in 2012, and nothing happens. They go, ah, you see, nothing happened. You go back to sleep now. Developing your psyche. And yet something did happen, but what was it that happened? And hey. basically people don't know. They go, I, I didn't see mm-hmm. it. So it was, it was all nothing. But they're going, ha, 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 something did happen. It was behind the scenes. Now, that's well, my see, version of... You, you uh, probably know not listen to those podcasts I did in 2012 on the Age of Aquarius, stuff like that. Because we yeah, got a lot of information around the sound quality. Yeah. Is not very good because it's never been enhanced. Um, if you do uh, a podcast on talk shoe with a cell phone, it, it sounds kind of tinny, and you need to enhance it with an equalizer. And those podcasts have not been enhanced. They should be because it's important information. But anyway, the prepared shows, I had uh, uh, talking points prepared ahead of time. Okay, is that all the way through January through to December 2012? Uh, These were back in um, around December of 2012. Yeah, right when it was happening. Okay, you're talking about the the, uh, calendar. What was it? Uh, Well, they were saying that... um, there's some some negative event, different things like anything from the end of the world to. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. You talking about the Mayan calendars that? Yeah, that's the main okay. thing they were pushing. Yeah, they were pushing that for like two years, man. Especially on coast coast to coast. Oh, Georgia, yes. They were pushing that big time, man. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, what kind of propaganda they're trying to stuff in my head now? You know. I never bought into that. No, no, no. The Mayans were were known for. Uh, Sacrificing a lot of people, man. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with that, but I've questioned that because there's a lot of propaganda about those civilizations. Yeah. Um, and you can recognize that. It's always important to have a little data point and go, okay, that's propaganda. And I pointed this out before. They acknowledged that they had extensive uh, road systems built, but th- this is a mockery mm-hmm. for intelligence. They they accept you p- to believe that they had not invented the wheel. Really? Yeah. Okay. They actually tell you that. You're supposed to believe that. Yeah. Well, that, that's this a little is, too this, high for me. This is the new religion that has replaced the old religion. The new religion is science. Yeah. It's appointed experts. And this is what these yep. appointed experts know. Mm-hmm. And you know that the yep. appointed experts actually believe with themselves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what they teach in so uh, deluded. college. They you go to college to get your, uh, we'll call it indoctrination. They believe their own lies. But look at the intensity. You have to be an elite professor, because there's some of them out there, you know, they're initiates, they're Illuminati bloodline, and they're actually college professors, and they know it's a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. But most yeah. of them believe the propaganda. They reinforce the system, you see. Right, right. They're part of the system. They promote the system, just like pastors do, just like doctors do. They All keep these adding. people promote mm-hmm. the system. Doctors promote drug usage, going yeah, off to pharma. war. 
and, and uh-huh. killing yourself with chemotherapy and trusty Dr. Dum Dum. And the political system as well. They promote that. Do you ever hear them criticize the political system and say, it's not valid? No, but they pretend like they're having a war with each other, Republicans against the Democrats, to make you think that they're having a you know a little squabble. Well, they have very little to say about it. Because they have theater. to be very careful about what they say, what they don't say. So they, they try to avoid political commentary, but at the same time, they make it yeah. clear that they basically support the system. They think it's valid. In other words, you don't have pastors running around saying that, you know, this voting stuff, is it's a massive fakery. It's not legitimate. You know, they don't do that. They they believe in the system. Yeah, they're part of the team. Support the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, and, from, Jan- from, from uh, December 2012 till now, uh, every year it builds up to September. Have you noticed that? The intensity level gets higher and higher every year when September rolls around. And this year, especially, well, all this stuff, all these uh, events are supposed to be happening, tsunamis and the bad weather. Oh, yeah. Well, they do that every, every year. They talk Planet about new bo- economic new collapse new... in the fall. Yeah, right. right. That's what in I'm October talking about. surprise. Every single year, without exception. But the, and the crescendo this year is, a, is at an all-time uh, high to where it's like, uh, you know, they're just going to saturate your mind with all this stuff to throw fear into you. That's what they're doing. Remember that pro- propaganda, I'm just saying this with absolute clarity here, because I've said this, but I'm maybe not as clear, but propaganda is primarily directed at Christians, because mm-hmm. they're qualitatively more important than, than non-Christians. But see, I thought about that, what you just said, and it's kind of where it's kind of a catch-22, because they're they're targeting Christians, yet at the same time, they've infiltrated the church and given them false doctrine. So that's kind of counterproductive, isn't it? Well, they're but never they're satisfied. Using... Oh, of course not. Say, well, you know, we, we've infiltrated it, we built it from the ground up, we control all the megachurches, and, uh, but we're not satisfied. They're never satisfied. No. It's their nature. You know, is Satan ever satisfied? Uh, no. 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 He's always... It that's, seems like they, they can't quench their thirst. When you, know? you have a dark nature, you're insatiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is nothing that satisfies you. You just want more and more of it. But uh, September's coming around. It's just like you said, it's going to be another month. And I think a lot of this is hype, 95% of it. But there might be a few things that will happen, like maybe a stock market crash or something like that or you might have a, a you know small tsunami on the west coast or something, but I don't see all these major catastrophes accumulating in one month. Well, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Yeah, but, yeah that's um, what I mean. Uh, but pre- at my clock here, and the same thing happened. Now, this is kind of esoteric, but I have talked about this on a podcast, and the, the, the title of the podcast is Numerology. And in that podcast, okay. I talked about the number 42 and how it's always used in negative context. So the number 42 has some commonalities with, with 9-11. Because I just looked down, and it's 1142. So I'm going to write that in my show notes right now. 1142. Not show notes, but my little diary uh, here. Little diary. That's a negative number. But you see it, you know, the 42 months in the tribulation. Mm-hmm. But they're not familiar with its other usages. <clears throat> I haven't had much revelation on the number 42. Uh, well, you know more about um, numerology than I do. I mean, you've looked into it more. Oh, I've done. I've got catalogs. i got it all written down since the middle 80s. Well, we're going to let you talk about that. Um, we just haven't oh, done it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll be able to talk about that. 
whole show, talk off your head or whatever the heck. Uh, yeah, well, I've been kind of thinking about that, and I don't, I like to discuss it to a point, but uh, there's numerology all through the Bible, and yeah. it's quite, it's quite scary. It's, it's, it's saturated with numerology, and if you know where to look, where to start, uh, if you know math, if you know models, if you know algorithms, if you, uh, you know formulas, you can come up with, with so many things that, that they all coincide, and they're all, uh, let's see, what's the word here? They all point to certain passages. All the way from Genesis to Revelation, it points to passages. And it's, it, it can't be a coincidence. It's impossible for all this to be chance. Absolutely. There's a, there's a reason why it all adds up to this. And I've been doing, it just comes to me. Uh, most of the numbers that I've received uh, throughout my lifetime, they came to me. I've only done like 20% of actually sitting down and doing the math going to this, going to that, adding this up and subtracting that, and using this uh, formula here, algebraic uh, formula and this. But it all points to the same passage and the same number. It all comes up to that number. It's, it's quite quite amazing. It's startling to me, but it used to kind of surprise me, but not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like 9-11. There's so many uh, connections with 9-11. It's spooky that yeah. uh, come up with that. And, uh, of course, as you know, Psalm 45. That's that's my cup of tea, is Psalm 45. And, mm-hmm. But uh, well, I want to talk still, about your dream. Not now, because we got a beeping phone, and I want to talk about all you know, all that stuff with 45, all that, but not on this. No, oh, okay. Save this stuff for later. All right. Uh, but no I can word. interpret that dream. That was my next question. You're reading my mind, man. Yeah, we'll do it later. I don't want to ruin this stupid beeping. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick again, let me let me go over that real fast. Uh, I was standing; it was like a seashore, and I, I knew there was water in front of me. Then I looked up in the sky, and it was, I could see all the stars in the heavens. It was almost like a three-dimensional uh, view. It was extraordinary. And all of a sudden, this line appears, 45-degree angle, and a circle appeared on each end of the line, and one in the very middle. And on the top right was 45. In the middle was a picture of you uh, when you were on Daniel Ott. That's a picture I saw. And then on the bottom left, a picture of me, and it was a younger picture. It's when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird because I remember seeing that. So I'm looking at it. Wow, man. Uh-oh. Uh, you didn't tell me that. What's that? You didn't tell me that. Uh, that was a younger picture of you. Oh, yeah. I was in high school. Uh, matter of fact, it was my senior year. Now, I, I don't even know what that means. And, um, I okay, don't know well, what to say on the air, but it's massively important. In my okay. Well, all right. Well, just you know, let me know later, whatever. So I'm looking at it. And then all of a sudden, the end circles started converging and moving towards the middle, towards your picture. And then it all became one circle. And then this, the 45 that was in the top right, it was, like a, it was like a white color. But once it got to the middle, it was sparkling like a diamond. It was so brilliant and magnificent. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was looking at it. I could see through the number. I could see the stars. It was almost like it was transparent. And I could see the stars through the number 45. And all of a sudden, it changed to 119. And I have this, as you know, connection with Psalm 119 and Psalm 45. And instantly, my, I, I felt my soul and my spirit uh, connected to this dream. Of course, I've had a lot of those in the past, but this one here was, was quite extraordinary. And, uh, and then I got up, I woke up, and like I told you, the first thing I always think about is Joseph in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so I got to thinking about that. And what do you so mean what, you always think about that? 
because I've always had this thing with dreams. I've had dreams since I was a kid that, that have come to pass. I see. And, and most psychologists and psychiatrists, and probably you included, and everybody else in the face here doesn't believe this, but I remember so many of my dreams. It's incredible. It's like a movie projector. You can turn it on, and I have dreams since I was a kid until now that I can recite. I know every moment of that dream with the scene, who's in it, every object, uh, every animal, every place, you know, architectural. I, I just have this thing about that. And that's a gift that's been given to me. It's, it, it's, uh, it's just, that's why I have an infinite, but, uh, an affinity with Joseph in the Old Testament because uh, his dream about the stars made obedience to him, to his, his star and uh-huh. Uh, this and that, and so I have that connection with Joseph. Well, we but, talk uh, about the new Moses, and you can see that in Hosea one eleven. You actually really? see it. There actually is mm-hmm. a new Moses, okay, based on that yeah. passage. Yeah. That's why I keep going there because there's no concept for new Moses, but there's actually mm-hmm. a new Joseph as well, and it's the yeah. same person. I have a I have a total of 116 uh, numerical combinations that that come up to uh, uh, 45. It's Psalm 119, and I got three left, and I know that the last three will come to me. I won't have to uh, search for it and try to find okay. it because I know it'll come to me. That's I know it's most tempting of... to talk about it, but save the, de- the details for later because this is poor quality audio. Oh, well, can I tell you because one last thing? Phone. Okay. You can talk about okay. what you want, but just save the good stuff because I don't want too much repetition. You know. I'm going to oh. say a few things about it, I'm, but I'm going to ask you. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Did you associate uh, the 45 with anything besides? Every, everybody is going to process, process it through their perception of reality and mm-hmm. whatever the heck, you know. Oh, I already know what it means. Did you associate it with anything apart from Psalm 45? Uh, no. I, I know. Okay. No, it's it's always about Psalm 45. It always okay, is. Now, from... That's a, a bigger indicator that... This Joseph stuff was poured into your mind, and it has to do with me. This is, it's something simple. It doesn't have to be profound. I represent Joseph just because of one thing. I'm going to interpret it for you. Oh, now, okay. It's proved. I'm going to basically prove as far as I can that it does need interpretation. Because you should have drawn the correlation between September and 45. Because it adds to 9. Okay, yeah, four and five, yeah, right. I already had that figured out when I woke up, too, was four and five is nine. The reason I think that's valid, here we go, is because I was already, let me put it this way, this is historically off the charts, Um, you know, numerically. That very day when you sent that to me, and I told you in the email, Mm -hmm. I was, um, I, yeah, I read information about the number 119. Mm-hmm. I can tell you flat out that mm-hmm. I've lived for 58 years, I've lived and for I'm 59. quite confident that there was only one day in my life where <laughs> I was looking into the esoteric significance of what, the number 119, and mm-hmm. that very day, you're talking about what? 119. 119. Do you realize how completely off the charts that is? It's totally now, this is a good example. Stuff. While people listen to this, they would say, "I'm not buying into this. This is completely staged." And these it's guys absurd. are liars, and they're both a couple of agents. You understand? Uh, that? Yeah, we're absurd. Yeah. Because 
if that's not true, then something external intelligence or force is acting upon us to bring this about because we didn't do that. Now, the reason this is important, no, we didn't. The number 119 is important to show that there's something going on here. So you have to determine that, and then you go to the number 45. Now, what does 119 have to do with September? You know why? First it's of all, it's, it's a warning. You reverse it, and it's 9-11. That's, that's right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And what would that have to do with? Well, first of all, it's also a date. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that 9-11 has to do with September. So, see, now it's not... See, before people said, Dave, that's a big leap there. You're trying to say that a 45 by adding in is is September. Okay, I mean, la-di-da-di-da. But, I mean, you know, you can do anything with numbers. But hold it now. We've established that the 119 does have to do with September, and I believe that God is pointing to something, and that qualifies you to um, draw these conclusions, which in isolation may not be valid, but now that we've got that point of September, the speculation about the 45, it doesn't look so, uh, you know, speculative now. In other words, out of the realm yeah, it's all connected. But now, see, you so I figured you would do this. I figured that you would associate 45 with Psalm 45 and associate 119 with Psalm 119, which is exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah, don't, about, I haven't been shown. I don't know if those numbers have anything to do with those psalms, but that was your point of reference, you see? Right. But that very day, what was I studying? September and the number 119. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you also know that I'm telling you the truth, too, because in the past, if you remember, I sent you numerical combinations with 45 and 119. So this is not just, you know, I forgot that, the 119 previously. Yeah, this, this is not hyperbole. This is not some kind of story made up to, uh, you know, increase your viewership. This is the truth, and I have no reason to lie to you or anybody you know, else you about could it. Actually, uh, you could actually email people, forward those emails, say, ah, I see I'm an agent. Mm-hmm. I'm acting in advance, far in advance, to pull this one. Right, right. So we ha- we have the documentation. So you know, <laughs> that's what's spooky about it. But I knew there was a connection there, and, and I saw a picture of you in the middle, and I said, "There's got to be something." It's because you and I are the only ones that interpret Psalm 45 the way it should be read, literally, for just what it says, and the genealogy of Ophar, Jochen's eleventh son, Ophar, Solomon going to Ophar, sending ships to get gold, so on and so forth. Right. It's an historical place, and I still think it's been depressed, hidden away from history, because I think the elites and the demonic realm don't want mankind to know about this, because doesn't want to expose and reveal the queen, the prince, you know, the king. They want to keep this suppressed. But what do you think 9-11 was all about? A destruction ritual trying to kill the king and the queen. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection there. I mean, what else could it be? I could I could elaborate a little bit more, but I, I think I'll remain silent on it for now. But uh, it's... Uh, it just can't be what what's happened to both of us an accident or a coincidence. Well, what I'll be talking about is that um, now this is just a possibility. I'm not predicting this. I don't even have this expectation. But we have to be aware of the outside possibility that um, 
I'll put it to you this way. I know something's getting closer, and as each day goes by for me, it gets closer. Every day closer. that goes by, it's getting closer. This is what people that get apathetic about, quote-unquote, nothing happening are mm-hmm. uh, in denial about. No. Okay. It's one day closer. Each day where, quote-unquote, nothing happened is one day closer, and meanwhile, you're zoned out on Netflix. Yeah. You know right. what I You gave you know, up because you got tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in for a surprise. It's going to catch you by surprise. Well, see, what's interesting, and people probably won't understand this, maybe some of the people that's been on your show and the people you know will, but I think it was destined, as a matter of fact, I know it was, that you and I got in touch with each other and for a bust of both yeah, heads and discussed about that now because the timing of um, that prayer t- you had. It was imp- the timing was impeccable. God you know. simply answered your prayer. Yeah. It's not coincidence either. No, uh, you're you're that person, so it's you know more important. how absurd it is to, 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 to say, well, Dave's not an agent, and neither is uh, White Raven, but um, it was just a coincidence that Dave was studying that number 119 that day, even though what? he never had before. Right, right. But it's still just a coincidence, folks. There's nothing profound going on here. No, absolutely not. But, you know, you know absurd could... that is? You could have been thinking of the number 120 or the number 118. You could have been well, thinking like, about you could have been thinking about 532, as far as I know. But you were thinking of 119. What's the chances of that happening? I mean, that's no chance. It was it's called predestination of events, and I do believe in predestination of events because I've had so many of them happen to me in my lifetime that. I quit speculating years ago. I said, okay, well, you know, this is how it is, and I have faith in it, and I know who's doing it. Okay, so anyway, um, I provided information that you didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so when I was shown in there in a vision, and um, or whatever the heck, and but then you also had Joseph, and so you had two persons outside of yourself. I'm just making the correlation that it's already been proven that I revealed something, so... I'm trying to well, say see, that um, they're making a correlation right. between me and Joseph. It, it's not something real big. Like I said, it's just that Dave's going to interpret it for you. Like Joseph. Right, right. That's all. Well, see, that's the revelation that was the furthest thing from my mind because it wasn't given to me was you, you know, uh, comparing – well, not comparing yourself, but uh, connecting yourself to Joseph. See, you just told me that a minute ago. And, you, of course, you told me on your email that, you know, you have the ability to – Interpret dreams and stuff, and I'm thinking, yeah, it depends well. on the dream. I can't interpret all of them. I have to, it's just like Joseph, I have to be given uh, the interpretation, right? But you have that ability to be acceptable to that, uh, that knowledge. And only there's also, bring- I have theories about this dream, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure well, see, if they're true or not. Yeah, well, I'm see, not that's what talk I want. about those theories. Oh, come on, man, that's you got to tell me. Well, there's two different levels. One level is I can talk to you. Off the air, the second okay. level is I have to wait for time to go by, and if certain things happen, then I'll say, hey, remember that dream that you had back uh-huh. in August? I can tell you about that now, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Because unless these events happen, um, it gets too spooky. I we'll want something to we, back me up. We'll see what we don't want to do is jump ahead of ourselves. 
you know, because I, I look at dreams where I used to have them when I'd, I'd wake up and I'd try to interpret them. I'd go to my Bible and I'd read, well, excuse me, the text. I'd go to the text and I'd read Joseph again. I'd, I'd go through uh, Proverbs. I'd go through Ecclesiastes. i keep reading to try to help me interpret. But I got to a point to where, uh, well, you know, Yahweh will send me the interpretation thereof when he's ready to. And that's what he's been doing. It might be one day from now or could be six months or five years or whatever. But he's given me the ability to retain my dreams because there's certain dreams that, that he'll throw in the garbage bin. But other ones, it's meant for him that he wants me to remember them, just like Joseph. He remembered those dreams he had his whole life. Even he was in jail for seven years in Egypt. He kept remembering those dreams. And he knew he was special, and he knew someday that he'd get out of this predicament he was in, sure enough. So that that's my position on that, and it's it's quite a blessing to me because uh, I don't have a lot of gifts, but my dreams are one of them, and patience is another one. That's That's the one I cherish the most is patience because patience really pays off. Instead of trying to get something done or find something out in one day or one hour, just be patient. It'll come to you. He'll bring it to you when he's ready. Not when you're ready. Not when you think you're ready. But in his time frame, his time cycle, not not mine. So, but I had that dream and I saw you in it. And I said, man, this. I woke up. My first thing, of course, I thought. Of I said, man. I said, is Dave going to believe this or not? This is incredible. And it was so panoramic. And the colors. It was incredible. The stars were all different kinds of colors, and then the diamond shape of the 45 I could see through. It was transparent. That was quite amazing to me. And uh, then the 119 popped up. I woke up, just then I thought, Psalm 45 again, and Psalm 119. Uh, what's been happening lately, that's a private conversation off the air, but uh, concerns Psalm 45. Well, let me throw always, out a couple other things. See, you, get, you have I'm to ask little... yourself this question. Everything has a meaning. Mm-hmm. So why was the line uh, diagonal? Well, I can tell you why. Two reasons. Well, first of all, okay. it has to do with ascension. You're, you're go- you know you're going somewhere? <laughs> I didn't think of that. Well, I thought of that, but not in the sense that I think you're going to tell me. Well, if the ang- if the line is at an angle, it communicates that. If it's, if it's straight up and down, it could, but... But it's not clear. The clearest way is to put it in an angle. That way you know for sure. Right. Because Almost if like it's straight it. up and down, it could just mean separation, and you would not know whether it means ascension that or just sense. separation. But if well, you put it in an angle, it does communicate uh-huh. down. There's also yeah. a reason why I'm above you. That's, and that's it also the... shows that you're coming towards me. All this can be communicated by an angle. Yeah, the 45 and me, we came right to the middle, and we joined you in the middle, and then everything disappeared, and the 45 came up. But you were in the middle. And what I've thought about that is that is because uh, the things that we discussed, and when I first heard you on Daniel Ott, Psalm 45, I said, this is the first guy I've ever heard in the history of my life that's t- spoken about this and who has discussed it. And, and there was an affinity immediately when I saw you on Daniel Ott, I said, man, this guy's. I got to get in touch with Dave. I just have to, you know. So there was that uh, connection there too. And how long did it take for me to respond to your email? Uh, I don't know. 
what was it, three or four hours or something? Oh, it was that fast? Yeah, it was the same. When I sent it to you, it was the same evening, I think. Oh, really? Yep. Some people still, have to wait and wait. You're one of the fortunate ones. I thought I'd let you sit around and wait for quite a while. I'm not doing that deliberately. I just get to Oh, track. I know you're not. I know you're not. You're busy with um, your research. Well, I actually created a list, a priority list. But I still, when you make a list, mm-hmm. it's not going to help you unless you use the list. And so right. I, I've proven this myself because I created the list, but I, there's people that I'm uh, neglecting, not deliberately. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's actually one guy on Facebook, and I'm going to actually contact him and go, uh, nothing against you, but the reason I haven't uh, contacted you is because I keep wanting to say a whole lot, and, and, and but I, I procrastinate on doing it, and so I do nothing. <laughs> right, so I do I mean, nothing. <laughs> I have a very idealistic perfectionistic (laughs) mind. I believe that I'm wired to do um, important things. And In fact, there was a personal prophecy that was given to me when I was a baby Christian. Mm -hmm. And it said, you have longed and desired to do the great things, but these things are a culmination of many small things. Do you realize that a gifted person actually spoke those words? Because that's my nature. And as time went along, I saw that this was a problem with me over and over. I, I ignore the mundane and the everyday yeah, and focus on the profound and the great. And it's actually prophesied ahead of time. Now, that will give you some indication. That was actually a, a genuine prophecy. Wow, man. That's an important aspect of my nature. Interesting. I'm not... A whole lot of good in the everyday humdrum life. Me neither. I'm too intellectually minded to be any everyday good or what you know what I mean? Like they say heavenly minded, yeah. you know, it's kinda like that, you know, and um intellectuals are like that. They have That's right. If you focus on profound things all the time like I try to do, then other things become boring and, and um the devalued importance. But see they're still important and that's what that was saying is that these things are a culmination. They actually use the word culmination of many small things. In other words, you got to you got to get your ducks in a row, Dave. You got to do yep. the small things so you can do the great things. Right. And, and go, ah, I don't want to focus on the great things. Right. And I'm still learning this lesson. You got to take baby steps where you learn how to walk. It's the weakness of my yeah. nature, and it was pointed <laughs> out a long time ago. Isn't that fascinating? It's a good weakness, though. Because, see, I've actually opened up on this show, and I've talked about some of these personal prophecies, but I think that's the first one that I've actually, you know, mentioned in detail, so there you go. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got some more news for you, but I think this should be on a private conversation. But uh, I had another another dream, but I'm not going to talk about it here. Like I said, it's private. Oh, really? uh, Let me ask you another question. What was above um, at the top of this... Uh, line, angled line. I forgot. Well, I could, I could. Okay, it was just a forty-five degree angle line. It was kind of an ivory cream white color. The line, uh, kind of a luminescent. It was real colorful anyway. And uh, so, so the line had, to, it, it, line had it, it, it had some width to it. No, it was a, a straight line. Was it thin, or did it have some width to it? Uh, no, okay, let me see. How can I... Okay, uh, say, take a ruler. Okay, take a ruler and put it on a piece of paper and mark off, let's say, six inches. And, uh, and the line's about, let's say, one-eighth of an inch thick 
line. That's it was a thin line, but it was very prevalent. Did it have it a color very, to it? Yeah, I, I just yeah, I just told you it was like yeah. like a creamy, yeah, creamy that's what white. I thought. Okay, creamy so it was white color. Enough to have a recognizable color. Right, and it was illuminescent. It was illuminated. It was kind of a sparkly type uh, color to that it. That represents illumination. Um, but, the white either represents illumination or purity or both. Mm-hmm. Now the circles, the three circles. Uh, I, it probably circle. does not have to do with purity. If it did, it'd be talking about progressive sanctification because the line is at an angle. You see how that has to do with progressive? I don't think that's what he's talking about. You're going to become, you know, more holy. I don't okay. think so. I think it has to do with illumination. In other words, more revelation coming in the future. So I think to speak. that that's communicating, among other things, both you and I are. Mm-hmm. See, I'm headed there too. I know you are because now, there's different ways ha- to approach this. Um, you know, you have seen some unusual things. You actually saw the cloud behind the moon before I did. I saw it twice when I saw a cloud uh, behind the sun once. Yeah, but because I've been researching you know, full time, I've got. In the big picture, I've been at this longer in just a general sense, so that's why I would be. That's one reason why I would be ahead of you on the line. It could also be a hierarchical reason. That's oh, well. That's that's what I got to talk to you about. That's where I'm coming from, and so you need to hear. Uh, I need to expound on something private off the air to you concerning this, and I think you're right on the button. Okay. Because because what I'm going to say to you next is going to freak you out. So. But it kind of freaked me out. But uh, I had it. Well, I'll tell you off the air. But anyway, uh, the, the clouds behind the moon. Uh, my best friend. Uh, he's been in prison now for about 20 years. But uh, yeah, I the guy contact, that saw this with you. Yeah, I could contact Paul and say, "Hey, man, you got to meet Dave." And Paul's my best friend of all time. He he died on the cross for me in a heartbeat. And uh, I said, "I want you to write to Dave and tell him what you saw in the sky." So I'm thinking about doing that have him write you a letter tell you the same thing he saw because he's the one that saw it first he goes Clyde look at the moon I said yeah he said did you notice anything I got to look at I could slowly see the clouds moon behind I said the damn clouds are behind the moon he says yeah so we didn't think much of it we looked at it for a minute and started fishing again but we saw it twice and then I saw the clouds behind the sun the same year in the summer uh, the same year I was facing west and the sun was going down and because I like to sun gaze. I've been doing that since I was a kid. Really? I saw this cloud behind the moon of the sun. I said, what the heck? I'm looking at it. I said, sure enough, that's weird. I didn't think didn't think much of it. But I was only, you know, 18 years old, so I really didn't. Uh, it stuck with my memory, though. I never forgot it. And when I saw it, clouds behind the moon twice, I never forgot that, because me and Paul were talking about it for years. <laughs> we still talk about it. Really? Yeah, so uh, he can substantiate and verify my story. Of course, you know, it's with me and him, it's it's like you and me. It doesn't really surprise me anymore. It, it, but what a deep conspiracist is going to do is postulate the theory. Let's go with the theory. Now, I, I have to admit You are to you, actually I was, sincere, and this would be compatible with the revelation that I got from the little book. Oh, yep, I remember that very well. Okay. And um, but you have an embedded programming. You don't. You're not aware of this. Now this is kind of scary because how do you prove this wrong? And so you are actually sent to me 
And this is why you agree with me on so many things, because oh, yeah. they actually programmed you. Now, see, I go over all potential alternatives that seem reasonable, and I actually thought about this, mm-hmm. because I had to. Because I'm going, why does this guy agree with me so much? Is he cuddling up to me for some artificial purpose? No, just, no, no. I, that's kind of funny to think about this, because I don't believe yeah. this. But... um. That's the way I think. It's, but I don't do that with everybody. So it's like, you know, it's kind of weird. Cause, oh, is Dave going to do that with me? I usually don't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know why? Because it was backing me into a corner. I said, this guy is either like totally from God or uh, he's been programmed to no, I, no, accept I reject my belief that. system. You wouldn't believe how I am. You know? I, 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 yeah, I, I do. I see what you're saying. And I guarantee you I'm not programmed or anything like that. All I do is I like to read my scripture. Um, Heavenly Father is with me all the time. I'm constantly reciting scripture. I read scripture. I contemplate it. I meditate. I've been doing that for, gosh, 35 years now. And uh, that's where I'm going to remain. I'm not going to have anything take me away from that. I don't care if somebody puts a gun in my face. It ain't going to happen. You want to pull the trigger? Go ahead. So, uh when I speak to you, it's with sincerity and it's with truth. And I'm not trying to get anything across on you because if I did that, you know, my Heavenly Father wouldn't be too happy with me. So I don't want to deceive people. I want to be people's friends. But I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> I have Paul. He's my best friend. And, of course, I have family members. But as far as friend friends go, I don't have anybody that I can really depend on and rely on and and to talk to you see that that don't happen these days it just don't happen so you know everything i tell you is is true i i have no reason or motive to lie to you or anybody else as a matter of fact i'm going to be honest with you about something i worked at a job for 17 years and i had a choice and a decision to make to tell the truth and keep my job or to tell the truth and lose my job or tell a lie to keep my job and you know what i decided Hello? Yeah, I'm listening. I was just looking at something that um, like I was typing in the chat room and then my oh, okay. crashed. Now i got to reboot it. Well, anyway, I told the truth and lost my job. Because so, if I lied, I would have kept my job. And I said, okay, this is the biggest decision you're probably ever going to make. So I told the truth and lost my job. And I'm not going to get into specific details, but that's a sacrifice I made. So we're talking about integrity, honesty, which is very important to me. So if I could, if I lied, I would have kept my job, and we probably wouldn't be talking right now. So that's kind of the way I look at it. He works in mysterious ways sometimes. I don't even think about, okay, well, why are you doing it? I just accept it and move on. So he's got a plan for me. And like you said on one of your broadcasts, he saves the best for last, and that's what he's going to do. He's saving the best for last, and I can't wait, man. (laughs) And it's going to be here pretty soon, and you're included. And that's what I need to talk to you about privately someday, whenever, off off the show. Just you and me, and i got something else to tell you. This happened to me very recently. uh, Well, I'm used to people getting revelations about me. I just tell you right now that there was this prophet that I talked about, and he looked at me, and Mm -hmm. uh, he – I mean, it wasn't like a halo over my head, but it's about as close as you can get to that. And he was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. Because he, he was, I said, I see this right now. I said, you do? 
And he said, yeah. yeah, there's something special about you. And I said, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, he was uh, he was being polite, too, so. <laughs> and plus being honest. But uh, He also had this other uh, experience that was, like, way more important than that, but I can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, remember. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I had more than one experience with this guy. This is the guy that actually helped me step into this calling that I have right now. Uh-huh. Because um, he uh, was told by God to come up from California on a bus and confirm me in this calling. Right. And uh, God revealed to him that he had revealed something important to me. But he didn't tell him what. Wow. But when he came up here, he said, tell me what God told you. And I refused. I said, I can't tell you. And he said, you can tell me. And I said, no, I can't. I said, Carl, if you knew what it was, then you would know why I can't tell you. And he still persisted. But I never gave right. in. Never gave in. So, Good for you. Never gave in. So what happened because of the information? And so, you know what happened? And God showed him anyway. Now, I would like the critic in the room to explain that. Because uh, we're going to blow his mind if he's still there. And I'm going to infallibly prove that he was born into a cult. Is he still in the room? Days. Yeah, I see him on the screen. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask him a question. The yes or no question. Would you like me to infallibly prove that you were born into a cult? Now, obviously, he doesn't think I can do that. <laughs> You have many skills, Dave. Tell me if he says yes or no. I'm rebooting. Okay. I don't see nothing up there. He doesn't know who we are. He thinks we're ignorant, superstitious Christians. Well, good. Let him keep thinking that. Tell me if he says yes or no. Because I only do it if he says so. He should say yes. He's going to assume I can't do this, so go ahead, buddy. Go ahead and prove I was born into a cult. How are you going to do that? Dave. <laughs> well, it, yeah, all right. As you know, it Dave, has all the prophets. It has to be infallible proof now. I, I, I have, it has to be infallible. <laughs> hey, Dave, you know a prophet's never accepted in his own country, you know. All right. Is he responding? Nope. I don't see nothing yet. Okay. He's, he's probably he's probably uh, juggling around the thoughts. So. Well, the people are probably wondering how I'm going to do that. I already illustrated earlier in the call. Um, this would be a simple method that you can use with prove anybody's in a cult. We're all in a cult. I'm not. Nah, not me. I refuse to be in one. There's a sense where you are and there's a sense where you, you're not because um, <clears throat> spatially, you know, geographically, you're living in the cult because it's an I've institutional been... system that actually has physical framework. It's called our society. So what you're talking about is not participating intellectually. But there's there's more than one sense that we're all in this cult. You know I, mean? uh, I understand where you're going with it. Yeah, I actually I believe that America is a cult, and you need to get out of this place. <laughs> I've been trying to escape for a I'm lot of years. I'm stuck in this just... cult until I move, man. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. I'm not participating. <laughs> we both need to find ourselves a bus ticket, man, north or south. Has he said anything yet? You should take no, me up not... on that challenge, man, because, you know, how are you going to prove that, Dave? Mm-hmm. You can't prove that a person you've never met is in a cult. That's completely absurd. Born into a cult? It's crazy. 
Yeah, I well, can. I call it irrational thinking. I can do it right now. Uh-huh. Well, let me go through the process anyway. <laughs> it's very simple. He has the burden of proving that the uh, the stars in the sky at night are not moving. Now, I've never had anybody try to do that because it's self-evident that they are moving. All of them are moving. So probably the best thing for him to do is lie and go out there and play the fool and go, I'm looking at the night sky. I don't see anything moving. And uh, we're going to know that he's lying. If he How many lie. Right. How many people have you heard of that called in and talked to you that said they've seen the cloud behind the moon? Has there been anybody? Oh, yeah. We've had individual podcasts. You know, for instance, the last podcast in Room 2 is with a guy by Chris Mendes. He's seen it. Okay. We had okay. a, we had one with David Colham from England, and uh, we had a specific oh. podcast about him seeing yeah. it. That's right. Uh, That's Chris right. Coombs has yeah. seen it. Anybody that hangs out with me for any period of time is going to see it mm. uh, if they're just around for a while. Because, <clears throat> you know, some people take time because they, they, they lose right. focus. But everybody sees it. Well, I remember that podcast you had a while back with an ounce of salt per day was on it, and he uh, typed in, too, that he saw the the moon during the day back in 1965. Okay. So something, I remember that. I wouldn't that, have so. a problem that it was back then. I don't know when yeah. it started, but I don't, I, I'm saying I don't think it was there in the 19th century. I don't know when it started. It could have been 1950s. Okay. Well, since I, bet I, was, you, I bet you it's post-World War II. Uh, I tend to agree with you on that. I actually do because of the technology they have, and they got stuff that we don't even know about that it's highly sophisticated and they know how to use it for their purposes. So I agree well, with you. That, on that. that guy left. Did he? And what did we say about the demons? Uh, his reality was about to crash. I was going to crash. crash his reality. That's what we call it. And do you think that was a coincidence that he left just before that? Well, I yeah. assume he's still he's still logged into the chat though. Uh, my it says mine. I just opened it up. He's not there. Ella I think you need to refresh it. Try refreshing oh, okay. it. Bet you won't. All right. Yeah, let me try. But I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate this quick technique. What you do is um, the person has to participate. He has to go out. It, it actually takes five seconds to see that the stars, uh, some of them are fake, because I've, I've timed it. I've taken people from here that live in this apartment complex, and it took them five seconds. And I actually said, later, I said, did that take you five seconds? They said, yep. I, I took two guys in one night, both uh-huh. took five seconds. Now yeah. it takes longer to see the little, the you know the small stars are moving. Small as well. ones, yeah. And it depends. You know, it's a lot more clear later at night after midnight. It's just kind of mm-hmm. hard to see in the city sometimes. It's not that impressive. But there's plenty of time for anybody to see this. You got the rest of your life. So there's no hurry. And yeah, be um, you know, it, it, once you see the big ones moving, I'm saying everything's moving. Then how do you know they're not? Because I already proved the big ones are. So mm-hmm. just wait around. Be patient. <laughs> Okay, so again, you cannot disprove that those stars are not moving. Okay, uh, yeah, you can't. I've talked about uh, complex, obscure theories. I'm not going to go in right now. I'm going to keep simple uh, how it's possible that the stars are not moving, but it appears they're moving. It actually has to do they're tapping into your brain. Uh, the other one is that there's uh, a sentient being that, that runs, that monitors everything, and it actually knows what you're looking at, like it looks through you, and it's doing that mm. to you. 
That's kind of spooky. Hello? Just a second. Ask me that again. I'm not sure about that, man. I, I should be informed about that. Hey, uh, do you know if Mars is supposed to be visible tonight or tomorrow, Clyde? Do you know? Clyde, do you know? Oh, I didn't know you were talking to me, man. I thought you yeah, were talking you. to somebody else. Do you know if Mars is visible tonight or tomorrow? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't checked out my uh, uh, source yet. It's okay. kind of cloudy. It's kind of cloudy right. around here. Because I'm doing a radio show, and we're actually yeah. talking about astronomical stuff. But we're not talking about Mars. We don't know, though. Yeah. Look at hey, look at the stars, the big ones, and notice that they're moving. They're drifting off to the left and the right and kind of bouncing up and down. Everybody sees that this lived here. So it's not – look at it. It's, it's totally bizarre, man. They're fake. Whatever they are, they're fake. <laughs> here you go. See, I'm pointing out right now to a guy list here. How about these fake stars up there? Okay, so how are you going to prove that um, your naked eye is going to tell you that everybody can see this? Nobody that- has ever said, I don't see it, Dave. Every My mom saw it. Little children have seen it. Yeah. Everybody. So we have a 100% success rate. But now, <clears throat> first of all, if you were to claim that you see nothing, but you, you have the burden of trying to prove that all these people, every one of them is wrong. Who cares? We don't care about you. You're right, and everybody else is wrong. That's not going to fly anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. So you have the burden, even if you don't see it for some bizarre reason. That doesn't make sense. You'd have hmm. to lie because right. it's too obvious. And so you still have the burden of proving that everybody else is wrong. Okay. Well, now let's, let's, i got to keep going. I'm going to keep this simple. Now you go to stage two. That's a self-evident fact. Stage two is produce one scintilla of evidence that any – expert in this institutional system is uh, addressing this issue. Because if you can't do that, then it's impossible for you to disprove that we live in a cultic system, which you previously knew nothing about, and that means you were born into it, sir. Now stop and think about it all that. <laughs> is that true, what I just said? It is, and here's why. It's too simple to refute, and it's too self-evident. Think of a way out of it. That's what I'm going to introduce to this individual. And I believe that a demon caused him to leave because his reality was about to crash. Mm-hmm. And before this individual came in there, what did I already say? I already said that demons don't want your reality to crash. Because you're about to be confronted with what I call the big truth, yep. which is the diametric opposite to the big lie, even though they're both related. And sometimes you can have something that is both the big truth and the big lie. And a big lie, yeah. But that as a general rule, the big truth comes from God and the big lies come from Illuminati. There you go. There you go, Dave. Hit the nail on the head again. Now, both See, Illuminati always... and God are related on this one. Mm-hmm. Both okay, uh, yeah. Now, uh, clouds behind the moon, I have to be honest with you about something. That uh-huh. When I first saw it behind the sun and then the moon later on that in October of that year in 74, I've been looking for it ever since. I haven't seen it. Cause I always oh, you're just look... not looking uh, hard enough. Um... Oh, well, I'm a, uh, I like the nighttime. I've now, always you're saying been... that you're looking a lot. Huh. 
I'm always looking up in the clouds, and I've always I've had done that. people who have seen it immediately. Really? We've always well, had, had people that have struggled, and we have theories that uh, when people saw it immediately, God was actually helping them. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that. Yeah, that's that's easy to to believe and understand. I started to but, come up with that theory because other people. Oh, I've also noticed a correlation between spiritual people seeing it. Oh, yeah, and uh, non-spiritual spiritual people. For instance, there was a non-Christian lady who was a friend, and um, I had to keep. Re- she was the person that took the longest, and I had to keep reminding her, reminding her. About a year and a half later, she finally saw it. Mm-hmm. Anybody and it was ever... obvious to me. Uh, now, this is my belief that demons were distracting her. Because I had a lot of other things to say that she needed to hear, and it would give me some authority. And they didn't like that. Because she needed to do some spiritual work, and I already talked to her about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I already talked to her about demons. And, uh, so you were allowed... Like well, they had reacted. Right. The demons had uh-huh. reacted already. They'd already revealed themselves. They had, so already, they had attacked her <clears throat> physically. Right. They tried to put up a barrier in front of she you. Knew, they didn't, she knew they didn't it want you to penetrate it. Yeah. She, really? They were, these demons were being threatened already. Mm. And this, this had all been exposed. Mm-hmm. And she went through a, uh, a period of time where she would tell me that the demons were reacting to certain things. For instance, I believe I know where the place of protection is located. And everybody's got revelations it's about it's the same location. So I told her about the location, and um, she waited about 20 minutes, and then she revealed to me that when I said the location, uh, she got this overwhelming urge to um, stand up and choke me around my neck. Wow, what a reaction. Now, another person that's gifted... When people get around me in the background, I tell them the location, what's been revealed, okay? I, I won't mm-hmm. do it on the air until I have permission. Right. And um, so you basically get schooled. We, we talk about a lot of things that we don't talk about on the air. So this is the one of the things that we talk about is the location. So I, I, I do this with everybody, you know what I mean? And once I gain yeah. their trust or they gain my trust. And so mm-hmm. I told this person the location, and this is a gifted person, and this person... Um, practically fell backwards. The Holy Spirit hit her so hard, she had to recover for about 20 minutes, and the Spirit of God was just all over her. I cannot manufacture that from the opposite coast. How does that happen? Now, the reason I point that out is that is the exact opposite that happens to a spiritual person who, then the, the unspiritual person gets attacked by a demon. What is this telling you about this um, place of protection? <laughs> right. It's telling you that I know where it's at. Yeah. It's located Divine in America. America, yeah. there's a massive cover-up uh, about America. America is the diaspora nation, and that is where Israel is primarily located in the diaspora. And uh, that's where the prophetic drama takes place. And what they did, they created a false Israel for everyone to see. That has nothing to do with anything. It's the magician's trick. You know they're going to do that. 
and they got the whole agenda. They've been playing it out, writing all the books and the movies. Look at Israel. Look at Israel. Look at Israel. Look at Israel. God says, look at America, because that's where it's going to happen. And this will all be played out mm-hmm. in front of people. Now, are you talking just about the spiritual aspects of this, or actually uh, literal geography? There's going to be events that would make the new, the, the first exodus pale in comparison. Now, Scripture actually teaches this explicitly. Mm-hmm. I'm not twisting the text. You can go and look at um, Micah chapter 7, and it actually talks about this. Micah 7. I just got done reading that. Want to look at it? That's where I'm going. <clears throat> yeah, I got it. Just go ahead and wait. Let me look it up here. Cubious desire. Naturally, Ooh, you have to put it in context all the time. For the Fortunately, design. you don't have a problem understanding that in verse 14 it's talking about our Messiah. <clears throat> of course. Let them feed in Basham and it's Gilead. It's him, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance. Mm-hmm. Notice that they live in a particular place, in a forest. Yeah, solitarily in the woods. Let's skip, the, skip down... Um, look at Bashan and Gilead are not a problem. That could be a prophetic leap because I'm saying that this is now it doesn't have to be. If this is talking about Israel, the Bible says they're going to go there. So if, mm-hmm. if, if that's what it is, fine. But I actually believe that it's a place of protection, and then it, it culminates in them actually going there because that's where they're going. Because that's where Gilead is. I'm not going to put a spiritual interpretation on that. But it doesn't matter if it's all future. Right. It still works. Now, here's the key right here. These four words, as in the days, in verse... uh, What it's saying there, it's already happened once. What is it doing? It's pointing back to what? Well, it actually tells you. As in the days of old. As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I would show them my wonder. Marvelous things. Now ask yourself this question. Well, look at verse 16. Have ever done anything like that since Egypt? Uh, No. No. This is his way of telling you that these are the greatest miracles that have happened since that time. See that? I do see that, yeah. It's right in your Bible. See, that's another angle uh, application of interpretation that I haven't thought of yet, so that's good thing. Is it going to be bigger, the same, or a lesser event? Oh, much larger. Well, nothing is ever precisely equal. No, there's one it, extreme to another. It'll be at least a little bit bigger or a little bit less. Mm, but one day we will, have, you know, we will have balance. It says nations will see and be mm-hmm. ashamed. Yeah. Deprived of all their power. Did that happen uh, with Egypt? No. Now you got to no. be careful there. There was mm. information in in uh, other nations. They were aware of what was going on. They learned over a period of time. But because of um, the ancient world, where transportation was slow, 
those events were confined, knowledge of them as a general rule, were confined to Egypt. Isn't that true? Now we live in a communication yeah. system. When this happens, everybody's going to know, unless you're on the backside of the desert somewhere in Australia. Aboriginal culture, mm -hmm. everybody's going to know. The Aborigines will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. Right there, that's telling you it's a bigger event. That's much bigger. Much Not confined larger. to a single nation. So now we know it's a bigger event. Now there's mm -hmm. other ways to prove it's a bigger event. There's also I, basic principles that God saves his best for last. Is that hard? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know that the uh, the Exodus is going to be numerically larger than the first Exodus? Oh, oh man. Now there's, there's, there, for the first Exodus, there's high numbers and there's low numbers. This is actually built on, or based upon the, um, the narrow, uh, it talks about the numbers of um, the military in the yeah, when King David, Army. Yeah. So it's based on expansion of that, but there's a high number and there's a low number. I go with the high number, but it doesn't matter. Look at the world population. I don't know if it's seven billion. I don't know if I believe that or not. No, they're lying to you. They're always going to lie about that. Yeah, I've always questioned that myself. And you got, so you got to ask yourself: Are they lying high or are they lying low? They're going to well, lie. Well, now they said seven billion, and we're and destroying our environment. So we need to, because of this climate change, is because oh. of the human population. So now we need to cut down the population and save the planet. So I think it's a lie. Yeah, that's the agenda, so that they're going to lie uh, across the board statistically yeah. to to um, to bolster that propaganda. I think we've both known this for years. So that's just, what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. So it's yep. probably – I wouldn't be surprised if it's three or four billion less. Now, I've talked about this before. You can take – supposedly you could take the entire human population and, and put it uh, in Orlando. I know people don't believe that. Cause they, oh, mm -hmm. you've got, you can Google that online. Oh, yeah. You can also uh, put everybody in Texas, give them a small little backyard. I was just going to say that because I heard this guy on a website talking about you could put everybody in Texas and give them like, uh, what, 100 feet by 200 feet? Yeah, because well, there's population. vast tracts of land like in China where there's hardly anybody there. You, uh, just fly yeah. over in a plane and you'll yeah. feel forever. Or you can fly over this country and just fly for hours without just in a, no houses anywhere. So. Mm -hmm. So this is all propaganda, man. They're also lying about um, the size of nations. They, they lie about everything. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Canada too. and yeah. Russia are way smaller. Yeah. Africa yeah. and South America are way lar larger. Larger. Uh, how long? Have you, yeah. How long, Dave? Have you been skeptical? How many? How long have you been questioning uh, information you've been given? I've been questioning. 1991. I read a book. Yeah. Uh, called the New World Order. I've been questioning it ever since. By William did. Still, he was a Christian, and I'm suspicious that he's an agent, but I don't know because he said he was a descendant of Patrick Henry. Henry, but that doesn't mean he's an agent. But I'm convinced that Patrick Henry was. Really? Yeah. No, he was involved yeah. in the Revolutionary War. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some level. Patrick uh, Henry. Yeah. Uh, any of those major figures? He was I'm a silversmith, I think. I'm not even going to theorize whether they were or they weren't. I'm just going to assume that they were. Mm -hmm. People say, well, you shouldn't assume that. Well, I'm going to do it because I don't have time to investigate all those people. Right. I'm going to die of old age. 
and uh, Patrick Henry is not that important to me. But besides, in my view, you can't. You, it's impossible to infallibly prove that he was not an agent. You don't have enough reliable information going back that far. You got to trust somebody. Right, and you. There. Yeah. So why well, should I investigate? I can't absolutely know anyone. <laughs> right. Let's go back to the text. So it says, nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all. All. Yeah, all. Does it put a limit on it? People don't understand the word all. All They're saying the whole world is going to be powerless. Now, I'm going to put it in perspective before the new Moses. Do you you get that? Mm No. That sounds like a movie that hasn't been made yet. We think about the Exodus. We think of a movie. That's a movie. You talking about the Ten Commandments? There, I'm not talking about a movie. It's reality, and this reality is so out there that people can't process it. But if they tried to, it would sound like a really good movie. It's never been made. Mm-hmm. This is going to be real. Right. God. The reason that God gave the Illuminati te- so much technology and power. He's waiting to glorify himself. He's going to crush them. Oh, he's going to destroy them, man. Does I this can't wait. passage teach that they're going to be rendered powerless? Is that what it's teaching, or is it not? Which one you on? Well, I just said the nations will be deprived of all their power. Well, if that's what it says, that's what I believe. Well, the most important thing is they're not going to be able to do anything to stop him. They're not going to I'm do anything. I'm saying him man. deliberately. I'm bypassing God, because people have a problem with understanding that God takes a man and glorifies himself through that man in a powerful way, because it hasn't happened in a long time. I'm trying to get people's attention, because this Mm. is what the Bible, your Bible, teaches this. You've got to correlate Scripture with Scripture. I don't see no new Moses in there, Dave. Oh, man, he's all over the place. Well, there's an individual right there. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a special treat tonight, okay? <laughs> I'll give you a second New Moses passage, and I've never done this before. It's like, what does else does Dave have of sleep? Yeah, uh, what do you got? Passage after passage. That's, when we talk about the Davidic prince, this is all so simple. Everything's it's so, everywhere, man. You know, it's in it's, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Psalms. We're, we're, this is dumb, dumb talk. Uh, now, when you, you get on here with me, we can go into detail about this. Mm. I always uh, was held back for emotional reasons because um, uh, not with me. Just keep going. See, I can blame it on you. I said, "Well, you wanted you asked me a question. Now we can talk about this." Yeah, Otherwise, in depth. But all Dave wants to talk about this. Don't conceal. Don't hide. Just spit it out. I don't like evasiveness. I, I hate that. I despise it. Just be honest. Okay, go back to the passage. Nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. They will lay their hands on their mouths, and their ears will become deaf. This is hyperbola. They will lick dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. This is poetic, hyperbolic language. Now watch this. That's right, language. Because this isn't. This is literal. They will come trembling out of their dens. They're in hiding in fear. And they (laughs) will turn in fear to the Lord our God, and I love this one, and will be afraid of mm-hmm. you. Now, do you think they're going to be afraid of the new Moses? 
He's talking Probably. about a people that they're going to fear. That means they're going to fear the new Moses. Now, why would they fear him? He's going to show unstoppable powers. powers. Oh, yeah. All kinds God's of powers. God's going to are... humiliate the Illuminati right in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It's only temporal. He's not going to set up an ongoing kingdom and rule over it. It's going to be for a short time. God wants to display his power. That's what it's talking about. These people are going to get up and leave. God's going to, But before they do that, God says, but I'll just be second here. Before we go, I want to glorify myself through a man. Yep. And that I know where, I know where you're going. You have to go all the way back. This is not any man. Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier. I call it Always the higher, lower Adam. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, uh, don't we, assume that I believe this or that. Okay, let's go to. Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm assuming what I believe. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about incarnational theories, apparently. Yes, 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 yes. It's all through Scripture, and people are too blind to see it, man. Let's go to a passage I haven't even read yet. That's always fun. Let's go to Jeremiah 30. All right, following you right there. Okay, this is going to be easy. Now, this is the passage that people are familiar with, but after this, it, 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 it they drop off the map. Isn't it true that everybody's heard of the time of Jacob's trouble? Mostly everybody. You know, because there's all this talk about the tribulation period, right? Mm-hmm. And within the context of that, You'll also hear them talk. Now, it says different things in different translations, you know, but the time of Jacob's trouble. They, people hear that. I've heard that before. They may not know where it's at. It's, it's in Jeremiah 30. Now, this is good because you know something? That's establishing the historical context. Now, Dave, you know, if you listen to me, you go, Dave thinks everything was fulfilled in the first century. No, I don't. Uh-huh. I believe in double fulfillment. But I... the reason I say that, I believe this is the future passage. As far as I know, it has nothing to do with the first century. Dave, we're on the same frequency. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, but this is important at... because this establishes the historical context of what I'm going to say next. Mm-hmm. You're going to you verse know, I'm 9, I'm taking right? advantage of everybody's futurist mentality, and I'm wow, agreeing with them. So everybody's good. on the same page right now. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. Thanks to um, left-behind <laughs> programming, we're all on the same page. How does How often does that happen? So now I'm going to take advantage of your Illuminati programming. Watch what it says in verse 8. In right. that day. day. In that day. Yep. I said, it, by the way, it says it will be a time of trouble for Jacob, and, and he will be saved out of it. The replacement theologian says, oh, that's the church. Mm-hmm. But what's it, just say, what's it say right there? But he shall be saved out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in that day, declares the Lord Almighty... I will break the yoke off their necks and tear off their bonds. Now, we're supposed to do a podcast. I've actually got this written down to prove that we are all slaves. We've been slaves. We're captives. This is what Scripture explicitly teaches. Now, there's a great passage for this in Ezekiel 34. If you look at the the historical context, what is that? Not only is it now, but it's ongoing. Those serfs in Europe, they were slaves too, and so are we. Nothing has changed. Um, the application and the bondage is different. In fact, is it true or is it not true that we are bigger um, m- mental slaves than they were? Did 
you know the average Christian is programmed to reject that? He goes, I have a lot of information that they don't have, and they were full of superstition. Mm-hmm. You don't think you're full of superstition? Did you know that the Illuminati does not like to talk about modern superstitions? Everyone today is superstitious because they've been programmed with a massive amount of disinformation, and they respond at an emotional level. You know what that is? Superstition. Superstition. You're not supposed to know that you're superstitious. I've never met any Christians not superstitious. Anyway, I will bro- break the yoke off their necks and tear off their bonds. Does this sound like Egypt? Hey, this no. is the same thing we were talking about before in, in yeah. Micah 7. No, it's a correlation. It's a, per- it's a perfect illustration of Egypt. You know, I was not trying to make a correlation. I was just talking right. to New Moses, but there is a correlation. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. I know. It just what, happens I to be there. Isn't that neat that God does that for mm-hmm. me? Maybe he's leading all this, huh? Okay, and it says, um, I will tear off their bonds, and no longer will foreigners yeah, enslave them. Yeah. You, sir, not you, yeah. but the listener, you're enslaved. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that, do you? Welcome to I believe Slave Planet. Oh. <laughs> I've said on right. here that everybody is a slave. But listen to the next next chapter. This but, is the next verse. I don't verse. care how high an Illuminati. Yeah, go ahead. The next verse. But they shall serve Yahweh their creator and David their king, whom I will raise up to them. <laughs> now, what you have to do is slow down in your own personal Bible study time. And, and study that term, and it's, first of all, the, you know, the word meaning and the context in which it's used. And what you're mm-hmm. going to find is it's talking about somebody that's been born. Now, we're going to confirm that in the context here. Because you want to believe that this is Jesus in the clouds, because that's the only David you have in the future. It's not. He's someone that's born. And I'm going to prove that by looking at the context. Now, I'm going to jump all the way to... Um, well, you know, he speaks to um, to Israel. He says, so do not fear, O Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, O Israel. And see, yeah. now, this is the nation, and he calls them Jacob. Remember we talked about, you know, how in Judaism they refer to um, Israel as both a servant and a son? That's, well, that's Jacob, what I'm talking about. He changed Jacob's name to Israel, so it refers to yeah. Jacob. Yeah. And it says, I will surely save you out of a distant place. Mm-hmm, so yeah. this is a this is um this is the faraway place and this is the um this is the place that they're in. It says um Maybe putting chills up my spine. I know where you're going. Talking about Ezekiel twenty when it says um the place <laughs> among the nations it's outside Israel, wherever Israel is. So the place of protection, which they're going to, is a distant land in what Christians would call a Gentile nation. It's not, that had nothing to do with Israel. They're coming back to Israel. This hasn't even happened yet. So how can you say that this exodus to this false Israel has even started? These people have to repent first, by the way. That's right in Ezekiel 20. Right. They haven't repented. No. So it goes on to say, Jacob again will have peace. I'm going to skip down a lot of part of mm-hmm. uh, verse 11. It says, though I completely destroy all the nations. Totally. End of all nations. Do you think that's going to be a massive uh, depopulation? I think so, because if you read other passages, man, I My translation says completely destroy. 
Now, I need a podcast this up in uh, Room 2, Room 2 Audio, and it says um, Mass Depopulation in the title. I didn't used to believe in this. I believe in it now. Um, Really? Destroy all the nations? Yeah, I look for it. Among which I scatter you. See how he scattered them? He's going to gather yeah. them now. I will, not completely, I will not completely destroy you. Now, this is very important. He says, I'm not going to completely destroy you. You know what that means? That means I'm going to mostly destroy you. God's mm-hmm. judgment is coming down on everybody except for the remnant. And the remnant yeah. go to the place of protection. Guess what happens to them? They go through judgment. I'm going to prove that, so I'm going to skip over to Ezekiel oh, 20. That's a, that's a refining process. Everybody is going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel 20. If you happen to slip through God's fingers, you're going to be judged anyway. I'm going to prove that right now. Ezekiel yeah. 20. And guess what it's going to talk about, White Raven? Judge them. Same old thing. It's going to point back to what? Let's see. I know, I know. <laughs> I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you've been scattered. Same subject. Mm-hmm. So this relates to that. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, I can go on to that. That's a, he's only done this twice, and it shows. It only uses this terminology twice in Scripture. The future Exodus and the last Exodus. It talks about this terminology is, is also in ex, the book of Exodus, and it's also in Psalms where it's talking about the first Exodus. Yep. This is miraculous, supernatural exodus, folks. That is not happening over this fake Israel. And it says, and without poured wrath. And I will bring you into the wilderness, where? Mm-hmm. Of the nations. And there, now watch this, here we go. Plural. Who is he nations. speaking to? Is he speaking to the remnant? And there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon who? You. Who is he speaking to? The remnant. Acquired of you. Now watch yeah. how he speaks. He goes back to Egypt. This is the third time we've seen this. I'm not even doing this deliberately. As I judged your fathers in we the wilderness about of the land earlier. of Egypt. Yeah. He's comparing it to then. As mm-hmm. I judged your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt. So I will judge who? You. You. That's right. And right. I will take note of you as you pass under my rod. He's the shepherd. And I will bring you into the bond hmm. of the covenant. It's like he's doing it forcefully. Now watch it what it says. Like it. I will purge right. you of those who revolt and rebel against me. Although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, they're going to make it part way, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. And as you can see, this is where they're going. But they have to go somewhere else first. Now, it sounds like quite a journey, doesn't it? Well, that's the far country they're in right now. Is It's not Israel. Do you really think that um, this judgment is going to be this short little tiny period? Or do you think it's going to be stretched out over a number of years like it was before? No, no, no. It's, it's definitely going to be stretched out. Did you know the Bible actually tells you? Because it says, as I judged your fathers in the land of Egypt. So it's comparing now. What happened back then? Was that a short period or a long period? Well, it's kind of a long period, but long period. It, was conti- it was continuous. It's the same, the same thing. Right. Constantly now, you can tell dealing. it's a good workable theory that it'll actually be 40 years again. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, you know, if it is, I'm not sure why, because I would like to think that things get done the right way this time. Mm-hmm. You'd like to think that, 
wouldn't you? And so if that's true, why did they have to spend 40 years in the wilderness, or even a long time? But these, we don't know all these things. He was trying to teach them how to be obedient, and they refused. Okay, now, this is exactly what it's talking about in Jeremiah 30, when it says, um, I will not completely destroy you. You know what God's going to do? He's going to destroy the church. Good. Now, when we <laughs> talk about the church, we're talking about institutional Christianity. See, God, he hates it, too. I think we're yeah. going to go to another path. We're going to go to Isaiah 29. We're going to talk about this a little bit. But that one is more difficult to prove. I've done this several times, so it would be repetition. But he says, but I will discipline you, but only with justice. See, isn't that what it's talking about there in Ezekiel 20? Oh, I just went, I was going back to Isaiah. God's going to take an unholy Ezekiel 20? people, okay. and he's going to discipline them and reform them, kind of like um, a smith right. by sm- mm-hmm. smelting. Uh, this is what he did with Elijah when he went to Zarephath, because Zarephath means a place of smelting. Of smelting. He's going to reshape them. To refine his people. Right. And how is he going to do that? Um, through suffering. This That's is only... not a cakewalk, folks. Yeah. This is not a rapture into the clouds and the by and by. And you're going to have to walk like they did. And it'll take effort. Yeah. You know what amazes me is... God will supernaturally assist people, by the way. That's the other side of the story. Go ahead. What what amazes me is people in the Western uh, church, uh, they've been so brainwashed that why do they think that they're exempt from wrath? Why do they think that they're the only ones in the world that are going to be raptured out of here? Uh, my question to them people would be, well, what about all these other people suffering around the world and dying for the gospel? Uh, how come they're not going to make the rapture? Why are they going through trials and tribulations, yet you think you're not going to? Why are you so uh, They have the same opinion as the ancient Israelites who believe that they had, because of the favor of God, because they make a horizontal comp- uh, comparison mm-hmm. between themselves no. and the wicked nations, we do the same thing today and say we have the stamp of God's approval we're the apple right. of God's eye. And so uh, we don't want to talk about curses because they don't apply to us. We want to talk about happy things and make us feel good. And, of course, we're not under the judgment of God because God approves mm-hmm. of our actions. This is what they believe. Yeah, yeah that's what – yeah. I was just kind of making now, a statement. if you go to Ezekiel 34, which we know is this historical period, it's, it's, it's referring to us as sheep, and they're being ruled over by who? Mm-hmm. Wicked shepherds. Oh, yeah, there's that's no, right. It doesn't say there's any good shepherds. I haven't read Ezekiel in a while here. God doesn't approve okay. of them. Now, it says they're in captivity and they have to be delivered, but the reason we know that we're living in that historical period is talking about the same thing. They have no shepherd. They're wandering around. The reason they are wandering around, they don't have a place of protection. The reason they don't is because, you ready? They have no sheepfold. Show that's me right. our sheepfold mm-hmm. where we can go for protection. Come on. But but they will they will proclaim to themselves that they are not wicked shepherds. Oh, of course. That's what a wicked shepherd does. He wants to convince you that he's nice, and you he's here to help you. They created two false sheepfolds. The first one was mm-hmm. uh, Roman Catholic Church, which see that yeah. was a theocracy. Mm-hmm. It replaced the older theocracy. They manufactured one. It's Hellenistic. It's false. Most people believed in it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The second. Uh, false sheepfold has to do with this fake Israel over there. 
That's what it, they, it is fake. they want you to fake. believe. You know, there's people out there that believe in the new exodus, but they believe wow. that it culminates in the fake Israel. That's the crazy. They got them, man. too. That, Let's take an example of that. Um, the, again, uh, go to Ezekiel 34, go down to verse 10. Behold, I am against the shepherds. There you go. But they're going to say, well, wait a minute, we're good shepherds. They can't believe what they're reading because they don't read it. The key to this whole thing is going to Isaiah 29 and putting it in its proper historical context. I've done this before. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what Christians call the second coming. They got psyoped. I'll be talking about this. It actually occurred in the first century. And exactly what it says came to pass. Isaiah, Isaiah 29, 29, verse okay. 5, I'm going to read down. Suddenly, okay. in an instant, the Lord Almighty will come with thunder and earthquake and great noise, with windstorm and tempest and flames of devi- de- devouring fire. Fire. Yep. Now, we'll be talking about this later. The Christians don't believe this, but this occurred in the first century. It has to do with the fiery cataclysm. Now, the reason I point this out is because this is the historical context. Now, go down to verse 9, and it says, Be stunned and amazed. Blind yourselves and be sightless. Be drunk, but not from yeah. wine. Stagger, oh. but not from beer. The Lord, the Lord has done this. He's brought over you a deep sleep. He has sealed your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. Now, what have we talked about with Matthew seventeen eleven? Not only is God... Um, taking knowledge away from his people so he can restore it later. He has to take it away. But it also talks about lost knowledge by default. You have to have lost knowledge. Mm-hmm. What is so it have... How many times have I said in this podcast that God made his own people stupid? When, when did he do that? You can see in Isaiah thirty twenty where he talks about the diaspora that we're in, which, which we're talking about a latter stage of it, which extends beyond the first century, okay? Because it started a long time before that, I have but it says, thoughts that, on that. even though I give you the bread of adversity and the waters of mm-hmm. affliction, see, that's what we yeah. have right now. People go, we're full of the Holy Ghost. Right. You dumb-dumb. Um, uh-huh. Amos 8 says that you are in a spiritual desert, a famine. How can they... They will search for the Word of God, wander, wandering from here to there, and they won't find it, because there is no authoritative Word. See, these people, oh, I went to church, I got filled up with the Word. You don't even know what the Word is. If there was an authoritative prophet that showed up, he'd probably say it's from Satan. Because what he would say is so foreign to your little brain that you couldn't process it. It must be from the devil, because I've never heard anything like this. Somebody's trying to fool us. Uh, when it comes to hierarchy, he knows more about Scripture than man ever All they know is mediocrity. There's no authoritative yeah. word. I've said that yeah. over and over again. There's no authority. There's no authoritative word. There's nothing profound from a local uh, church. Show me something sh- profound in a local shallow, church. Shallow leadership is what I call it. Shallow shepherds. Nothing profound. Mm-hmm. No. So you if you had something profound, people would be suspicious of it. Well, this can't be from God because we're not used to things that are profound, even though the oh, I don't want yeah, to well, it. They actually think it's profound. Did you know that? Well, they go home and go, boat. oh, we really got fed today. Mm-hmm. That kind yeah, of right. We're really yeah, in deep sure. work. We were in deep waters today. Mm-hmm. Pastor Bob was really going deep into the Bible today. We really got fed. I feel so full. Let's go to Denny's. Okay. 
And when did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Now notice this is happening after the Lord comes, and then he makes his people blind. And you notice the, um, the historical continuity there with what I'm saying? This is confirming mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it's now, substantiating what it goes on, it says, for you this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll, and if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say to him, read this, please, it will answer, I can't, it is sealed. God has sealed it up. Now he's, he's sealing up knowledge. Now watch what it says next. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this please, he will answer, I don't know how to read. Mm. It's prophesying illiteracy among his people. This is historically filled when they manufactured a satanic language called Latin and made people artificially Mm -hmm. um, illiterate. They were still able to read, but they couldn't read Latin. No one would Mm -hmm. teach them because there were no schools. They were serfs with no education. How are you going to learn Latin? They're not. Now, they tell us that these people were illiterate. Spiritual That's not ignorance. true. They were it's speaking Aramaic, ignorance. and they still mm-hmm. spoke Aramaic. That's what they're not telling you. They were not truly illiterate. But here's the problem. The Bibles were in what language? Latin. Latin. What is this talking about? Reading the scroll that they can't read. This is prophesying the artificial... Um, yeah. Latin conspiracy that made God's people illiterate. Now, this is the key, because you can place this on a timeline if you got some knowledge. If they actually had this cataclysm, when would this happen? As soon as possible after the cataclysm. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> the sooner the better. Now, the reason I, here's the reason why I have to read all this. It's going to prophesy the Christian religion, which it actually does. We can fallibly prove that in 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. It's a prophecy of the Roman Catholic Church. I've gone over that over and over again. Okay? This is the same one, but you have to put it in context historically so you can see. Now, watch what he says about this religion. Wow. These people, you know, he's talking about Christian, Constantinian Christians. These people come to me with their mouth and honor me right. with their lips, or lips but, but their, their hearts, hearts are far from me. Exactly. They're, they're wor- now, here's the important part their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Now, Jesus was saying this is true. Um, in the first century, earlier we talked about in the previous podcast, um, he talked about um, the traditions of the elders and how Jesus did not violate the Sabbath. He violated purposely the their rabbinic rules. Their rules. Mm-hmm. Not biblical yeah. rules, not God's rules. No, substitution okay, Now rules. we're ready to see what I wanted to show everybody else. We had to go through the context. Look what it says. Therefore, once more, because of this man-made religion that God's going to destroy, like we just said earlier, right? Therefore, Mm. the word therefore is very important because it correlates why God's going to do these things because of this man-made religion that he's going to destroy. Therefore, once more, once more, that means that God did it before. Once more means more than once. I will astound these people. Now, you know what he's talking about, his own people? Did you know that God astounded his own people in Egypt? Wasn't just the, Isra- the Egyptians. You think the Israelites were prepared for all that stuff? No. Who, nobody's no. prepared, man. Nobody is. But, see how they did. They were yeah. frightened. Of their own God. You know, they're frightened of their own God. They were frightened of their own God at the the feet of Mount Sinai. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah, all of them. They they trembled. Did you know that people are going to be afraid of God again? 
Now, those people in, in, in Micah 7, they were definitely afraid of God. They were also afraid of God's people. You know why? Because God's people are going to be empowered. Doesn't it say that they were, they'll be scared of you? Who are they scared we just of? Got, people. We just got, yeah, we just got done reading it. Scared of God's people. What are these people going to be doing? <laughs> Wait and find out. <laughs> okay, therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. So what it's telling you is that, well, let me keep reading. The wisdom of the wise will, will perish, and the intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. What God's going to do is prove all these people to be fools. Now let's go back to the artificial night sky. I come up with this seemingly bizarre theory that God put this up there. You know what that artificial night sky is crying out night after night? You live in a society of fools. Mm. It's actually a society of appointed experts. And guess what God's opinion is? They're all fools. It's a form of mockery, man. Not one of these experts is acknowledging the fake Mm. night sky, are they? that a theory? If you don't think that uh, is true, then prove that those fake stars are, um, that they're not moving. That's your burden. Go out and try to do that. I'm going to go out and do that there, Dave. Stars aren't moving around, like you say. Good luck. (laughs) Nobody's had um, enough gall to to say something Mm. that absurd. To be the first yeah. person. Let's see who the first. You know, somebody's going to show up someday. What do you want to bet? And so I don't see anything. Eventually, somebody. Will. Nobody has so far. Everybody's well, good. Well, sober up, then come back. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, <just> sober up. <laughs> Which speaks about a lot in scripture. And now it goes on to talk probably about the Illuminati. It says, "Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord." Mm-hmm. Who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us, who will know? You turn things upside down. Does that sound to me like a social engineer? You turn <laughs> things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Yeah, we, we could go into a whole sermon on this. I don't deserve Oh, gosh, I could talk for days on that, Dave. Man. It goes the on potter and, and, the clay. and more. Anyway, I, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, go ahead. Okay. I only wanted to make one point of all this. Notice how this all correlates. Yeah. Beautifully. Absolutely, man. Something. As a matter of fact, there's poetry and rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk. I wanted to give a second passage about choreography. Because you know, I keep talking about Hosea one eleven. I mentioned that over and over again. The reason I do is because Christians don't talk about Hosea one mm-hmm. eleven. That mm-hmm. leader there. It means literally head. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about him. Oh, my favorite That's passage. not Jesus from the clouds. No. no now, no, we no. talked about before, if it's not compatible with their belief system, they don't talk about it. Now that, what is that? I mm. said before, it's a cultic system. What is Christianity? A cultic system. Now, their cultic mind wants to always compare. So you're, they want to start comparing religions. No, I'm saying they're all cultic. All the religions, you understand, and yours is too, but yours is the best religion of all these cultic religions. It's the best mm. religion. The most deceptive of them all. Yeah. And become a Christian. Join the cult. Mm. Yeah. I always rejected that. 
Something well, here's the thing. Up. There's no place to go. When you start off, you have no information. The main reason to join the cult is for people. Everybody's in the cult, and you've got to start somewhere. So I actually recommend going to a local church. This might surprise you. Now, actually, I don't. I'm saying you should go to a house church, but you can't find them. How is a an ignorant, newly right. born again Christian going to find a house uh-huh. church? He can't even. Get, he's lucky to find a local Christian bookstore. Get the right direction, the right uh, preaching. And they're all hidden because um, you can't mm-hmm. advertise them. So where are they? Now, you see, he has no way of determining whether this is a good house church or not. Um, he doesn't know. He has nothing about the Bible. How's he going to? He doesn't. So I just recommend um, going to um, a local church, ask some people's advice or something, because you don't know what you're doing, right? Because you're a neophyte, okay? Uh, you're starting okay. off with nothing. And your parents weren't even Christians, and you don't know diddly spot. Okay, so what are you going to do? If there's somebody that can help you, first of all, pray for God to guide you, and then ask other people that know more than you do, because you don't know anything. So you've got right. to rely on somebody outside of yourself. And then um, educate yourself, because information is important. And there's a good chance that after two or three years, God is going to show you First of all, he'll show he'll focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a shift and he'll start showing you what's wrong. He doesn't want to do that at first because you will get That's up right. and leave. He doesn't want you to leave yet. He wants That's... you to mature and the only way you can do that is focus on the positive. It's mm-hmm. important to have a right attitude. Well he'll he'll examine your heart and he'll get to the point and say, Okay, he really does want to find out about me, so I'm going to come into his life and you know, show them the proper way to go. That's when you start learning. This is very important. Everyone needs to know this. When you are a young Christian, God is not going to point out the errors of your pastor. He will, if anything, he'll actually conceal them from you. You won't know. Because you're going to have to rely on God. Because God doesn't do that. Now, I could, well, I've talked about this subject before. And you, some of these things are complex, and you may go, now, what does he mean by that? I don't want to digress, Okay. The, the right. focus is not on the pastor, it's on you, you and God, and God wants you to move along and progress. And that's focusing on somebody's faults is going to impede that process. You see that? You yeah. know whose faults God wants yeah. you to focus on? Yours. Yours, not nobody else's. Not his, or theirs, or anybody else, or this church, your fault. Because you know, you got full you're full of faults, but you didn't know that. You're going to find out God's going to reveal this. I want to work on this, this, and this. It's going to be progressive. You go, after a while, you go, man, I'm a really ugly person. Thank God Jesus went to the cross for my sins. You know that kind of mentality, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm a really, I'm a, like a basket case. I'm all screwed up. You know what a church is? It's it's a hospital for dysfunctional people. When you go there without that mentality, you completely miss the boat. That's a good way of putting it. Uh-huh. And a bunch of screwed up people. And they're giving you bad medicine. They're giving you bad treatment, bad medicine, IVs that don't work. And, and yet all the while a doctor comes in with a suit and says, oh, you're doing just fine. You know. Well, it's just like a doctor. They have all these false solutions. Oh, and yeah. She is. And a lot they of don't stuff, have... You know, you know what? A lot of stuff is from the devil. The devil. Yes, sure it is. All the doctors want to do is give you treatments, not cures. If you look at that verse, this is what Christianity offers you. If you look at that verse mm-hmm. where it prophesies of Christianity, prophesies the Roman Catholic Church in mm-hmm. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 2, it actually tells you that there's a hierarchical 
origin of doctrinal error. And you know what it says? It says from, yeah. comes from demons through hypocritical liars. You know who the hypocritical liars are? The teachers, the authoritative teachers in this false institutional religious system. You know who these people are, according to the Bible? Morons. Your spiritual leaders. That you think, he has a mighty anointing from God. What does it say about these people in Ezekiel 34 calls them wicked false shepherds? Shepherds. Wicked shepherds. Mm -hmm. I like to watch this is very interesting because you know what the word pastor means? It's a sh- word shepherd. Oh, yeah. No, I, no. I bet you that there's actually translations out there, older ones that actually use the word pastor in Ezekiel 34. There might be. Mm-hmm. Now, what what they're doing Let is... Let me ask um, you a question, Dave. Is that a translation? i got to say this real quick. What they're doing is that you got the word shepherd in the New Testament... And they're taking some of those words and, 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 and translating them as pastors. Into pastors. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, Just leave yeah. it alone. Now, tra- translations, leave it alone, and it'll say shepherds. But other ones are trying to create this false biblical office, which mm-hmm. is not in the Bible. The, the, the right. epistles are addressed to who? Elders, mm-hmm. not pastors. Elders, not Go pastors. Ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, that's what I was going to tell you. Pastors, they changed that in the translation. It should be shepherds. Absolutely. No, I, I it's knew a that general term. Ago. It's not a Christian yeah. office. Yeah, and then the Catholic Church uh, takes extracts bishops, they attract the elders, uh, councils. They all they do is copy uh, what you know what the uh, the text says, and they turn it into their own little denomination and their own little organization of business. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. I mean, I've read a Catholic Bible before just to see what's in it. It's just incredibly bad translation, man. Translated the way they want it translated. Well, let me keep going here. Um, I do want to focus on one little interesting passage along the way. Uh, this is just the context. You know, he says, I'm going to restore you to health and heal your wounds. What did I just say? <laughs> yeah, right. It's a hospital. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting how God's helping us out? Yeah. That's in uh, verse 17. Where yet? Jeremiah thirty seventeen. Okay, thirty seventeen. And it talks about Israel in the diaspora. It says, "Because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares." Mm-hmm. Do people are not yeah. impressed with Christianity? Because yeah, no man for the tail, and not the head. Right, not the head. God put you there, well, and you need to be humble enough to acknowledge that instead of trying to exalt yourself and think you're better than the world. They actually know not. better. They know. They actually know you're at the end of the line. Christians say, we're at the top. God favors us. We, you know, no. I need to say this, and I said it before. This is incredibly important. Now, this is an important part of my theology. You ready? Go ahead. We don't have. Now, I'm, I'm speaking collectively. You know, Israel is a corporate entity that moves through the historical corridors of time. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. mind-boggling. We do not have the favor. God. No, we don't. The favor of God actually arrives eschatologically in the future. And you know when that happens? When God returns to Israel. What did I just say? I said when God returns to Israel. And you know what's going to happen? God and Israel are going to be betrothed 
to each other. Now, how do we know that? Go to his, uh, Hosea, chap Hosea chapter 2. And it says, I, therefore, once more, I will allure you and bring you into the wilderness. That's talking about the same thing. Now, if you go a little bit beyond that, it says, not once, but three times, I will betroth you to me. That means that they're not betrothed. Who was okay, Israel? I see, I see Who was Israel? Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob. Some Israel, twelve tribes. Those are the northern tribes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is all gets very complex, and we're not going to go into that right now. Well, Hosea was actually a prophet to the northern tribes. You're talking about Israel as a whole. Right. I'm talking about as a whole, but that specific prophecy is actually directed at the northern tribes. Okay, so you're talking My about the My point is, is that the same thing applies to us. Is it true or is it not true that we are going to be betrothed? See, right now, there's there's a sense where, in some context, you want to talk about, you know, everything is scattered. In the scattering... Everything is confused and mingled. There is no clarity between upper and, and uh, southern. Yeah, God's going to bring clarity, and it actually says this in Scripture. It says in Hosea one eleven, Israel and Judah will be reunited. Right. right. We can't do that. Only yeah, kingdom, he can. Kingdom was divided after Solomon. Uh, how is that going to work? I don't have a clue. I mean, I got theories. Well, he we knows. talked about this before, so I don't want to go into it. But it's just <laughs> going to happen. The 12 tribes will be restored, and there'll be chieftains and all that good stuff. Yeah. Dave, I'd I like to walk into a church and walk up to one of the <clears throat> congregants and say, hey, I bet you I can prove that your pastor is a wicked shepherd. <laughs> I wonder uh, how long. Right. You know, they have to prove that the, the David figure has not come yet. Because if he hasn't, then we're in the historical period of Ezekiel 34, but they always have an out. You know what the out is? What's we're not that? Israel. We're the church. That applies uh, to Israel. That's what they're mm, going to say. Yeah. They and always got make psyoped that... by the Roman Catholic Church. Yep. The Roman Catholic Church said, we're Israel. We're spiritual Israel. And God has rejected the old Israel. And the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that they're rejected for a time. Well, who is it? This re- who who's rejected support in Israel? I think it's the Presbyterians or who is it? Uh, the yeah. Lutherans? Yeah, Presbyterians. Um, yeah. Most of totally... the Presbyterians and the Calvinists—they're the ones that have yeah. the replacement theology. Right, right. So there's kind of other little branches that stem off of that too that uh, reject Israel. Uh, it's always the church. They always spiritualize every scripture to the church. That's that's incredible to me, man. It that's, absolutely is an abominable. It's an abomination, man. Twisting. An abomination. Either. Man, they, they, no they don't even... witness. Yeah. Yeah, right. But I told I mean, I listened to your podcast, uh, a Mormon dialogue with what's mm-hmm. his name? And uh I heard you talking about that verse in Jude. See, this is where you and I are totally opposite. Okay. Somebody knocked up, somebody knocks at my door and give me another doctrine. I, I think you're it. talking about uh second John. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it second? Okay, second. I said, don't yeah, bring it this says doctrine. That anyone who does not bring this teaching, do mm-hmm. not um, let him yeah, into right. your house. And, or, or bid him Godspeed. I'm saying it refers to a house church setting. House church setting. Well, see, I take that literally. And if I get a Mormon and knocks at my door, a Jehovah Witness, uh, no thanks. Uh, you have a nice I know, day. but that's the way most Christians uh, 
they make that correlation, and I'm saying you got to put it in its historical context. See, here, if you look at um, the beginning and ending of mm-hmm. Second uh, John, I mean, this is a scholarly opinion. I'm actually going with them. Because you got this attitude out there that's anti-scholarly. Like, you know, we know better than them. They went to the cemetery. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at that mm-hmm. 500 okay, times how, if that's funny. Right, right. That's, the intellectual, I, that's the intellectual mentality of okay. Christianity. Okay. Um, he's writing to, he says, um, he refers to this apparently group of people. Unless he's writing to a, a single woman, mm-hmm. he's writing to this lady. And the scholarly opinion is that the lady is just a feminine term for a local church. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's possible it's a double metaphor. It's possible that he was actually writing mm-hmm. to a woman of wealth because these little house churches used to meet uh, in rich people's homes. They were bigger. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I'm, I don't want to belabor that, but I'm just saying that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just agreeing with the scholars on that. I actually see that. Right. I understand the context you're talking about, what what's saying in the passage and in the chapter. I understand that, uh, but what I'm saying that's is that's a modernistic that, interpretation. But I mean, it's not I'm not going to live or die over it. You know. Oh yeah, but if I get a Pharisee or a Sadducee, it knocks on my door. Uh, uh-uh, not letting them in. In my Bible, it says the chosen lady, and then it says, um, and, you know, along the way, it says uh, the children of your chosen sister. So there. Yeah, it ends by saying the children of your yeah. chosen sister. So, yeah, there's a contemporaneous sister, and it has to do with plurality and singularity. The children are, right. are the plurality of mm-hmm. our chosen sister, and you would assume – how can you have children – the sister has to be sing, singular. But, see, it's telling you that there's plurality that rela- – that this – Single sister involves plurality. Doesn't that sound to you like a local church? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it sure does. So at that period of time, they were out of the synagogues, most of them, apparently, mm-hmm. and they had moved to the church setting. They didn't build religious meeting places. So in other words, they moved to the synagogue setting. Because back well, then... Well, a synagogue... Uh, can mean uh, actually that is if you're going to have a word for like a church building that's the word you would use but it also it primarily means a uh, meeting place and you'll actually see that term used in the book of James so that's the word we right. should be using we don't use that word it's yeah. right in your Bible yeah a word that you should use you're not using it <clears throat> I call it an assembly I call it a congregation the word church comes from uh, the Illuminati holy convocation uh, booths tabernacles but this so word church, term. right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's like pastor and angel. They're yeah, trying exactly. to cover something up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, so I want we... to point out this passage in Jeremiah um, thirty, because it talks about a, a palace, and the replacement theologian will oh, don't take that literally. Ooh, now we've got we've got this. we've got different views. We haven't talked about this. I've got completely different views than you and I. Uh, Psalm forty-five. We'll talk about that later. But I believe that that takes place in a literal palace. And it's it's farther in the future too. than you. I, uh, I it, thought you thought that it was more imminent in the, in the immediate future. It is. It's a lot okay, closer. Well, um, there could be a double fulfillment, but I actually think it has mm-hmm. to do with a royal wedding uh, in the uh, relatively distant future, and um, in, in a restored Israel in a palace. Right. You're 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 right on the 
Right on the bullseye, man. But I want you That's to winning. know that people have to understand the concept of a royal wedding. You can have an earlier wedding and then have a royal wedding later and actually believe that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be that long before they're married. Oh, okay. I know what you're saying. In uh, other words, it's not going to be consecrated. they have uh, sex, according to God, they're married. We'll be talking about them. Mm-hmm. They're going to so have sex before that. <laughs> that's oh, how you get okay. married. All right. They're I not going to only... be... You know, if you don't allow him to have um, right. well, see, all more than one wife, yeah. Which is also what Psalm 45 teaches. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into that. We talked about that before. The favored yeah. women. Those are not the just daughter. women in the in the royal court. That, those are his right. wives. But if you don't right. allow him to have um, a plural wife, then he's not having sex for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Through, through the entire exodus, it would be 40 years. Come on. Well, you know what I mean? if you read uh, Psalm 45 closely, go all the way back down to the uh, last verse. So he is going to have children because he's going to have princesses that are going to be sent forth throughout all the earth. Now, I take that literally, so that means this king and queen will have children. Oh, absolutely. Well, it says he so, will in Ezekiel 46, where he's leaving inheritance for his sons. And obviously right. that can't be reconciled with the uh, Christian view of <laughs> Jesus because he, he, didn't, right. he, can't, he can't procreate. Mm-hmm. They can't procreate. Exactly. So that's where I was going uh, after that passage. So... The forty-five twenty-two Ezekiel. That's <clears throat> people read that and they just they don't even pay attention to what it says. They don't read the rest of passages after that. They don't read it in its context, and they kind of lose sight of what it's trying to say. Now, my approach has always been when I approach scripture. I was taught this at first. Uh, what's it talking about? Who's talking? Who's this person talking to or referring to? Uh, is he talking about a group of people? Is he talking about a generation at the time he's living? I go through all these uh, questions to, so so I can put the, the scripture in its proper context. Is he talking about people of his time? Is he talking about people in the future? Uh, what kind of person is he? What is his culture? His hair? You know, you know what I'm saying? How he was raised? Well, this uh, has to do with what's called audience relevance. Who is he addressing? This right. is always assumed that when Jesus speaks to his disciples, oh, he's talking to the church. He's I know. To he's talking I to know. us. Yeah. That's, they're talking to the disciples. So everything after the, the disciples. Right. But but they make a whole big deal about it, and they're specifically talking to the church. Well, no, no, he wasn't. Talking the biggest to the example of that is what's called the Great Commission, which that's not biblical language. Morons. That's a chapter heading in your English Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did research and on that. And that term, I absolutely believe, came from Luminati. Yeah. I can't. Now, I, I, he's man. not even, he's He's only speaking to the disciples. He's not mm-hmm. talking to female Judaites. That female Judaites, they have to go out and uh, spread the good news. You have to leave your home. Mm-hmm. and right. start, you, you know, you're raising your children, but that's not important. The gospel is more important. Now, don't you be raising your children at home. You have to take your children and leave and go out like Jehovah's Witnesses and spread the good news from door to door in foreign countries. That's the Great Commission. Is that what God was doing in the first century? Now, he's talking to his disciples. Now, if they're married, guess what? Their their wives are going to have to probably come along, but not necessarily so. Maybe part right. of the time. We don't have enough information. Okay. That's not true. Talking, all these female Judaites do not have the burden of leaving their home and going off to foreign countries uh, 
to spread the gospel. No. Mm-hmm. This is completely absurd. That He's not talking to us. Did you know that this is the primary right. basis for the concept of a missionary? Uh, you know, the concept be... of a missionary is not yeah. specifically found in Scripture. Now, there's a difference between a missionary and evangelist. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a different subject. Right. Uh, missionary is kind of like Sunday school. That came from Luminati. And, um, but missionaries is not as far as bad as an error as that. Because mm-hmm. the Sunday school, that doesn't have any basis in reality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, it's it manufactured. You know why? Uh, you get the children away from the parents. So guess what? So they can be programmed, number one. And number two, how they, these witches infiltrate these churches can get their hands on them, literally on them. Magic yeah. and curses are more powerful right. than if you touch someone. Right. That's exactly what they're doing in these churches all across America. You mm. see, it actually is important to realize that there's a massive conspiracy against the church that has to do with infiltration. Because if you realize that, you might be looking around and go, maybe they're doing that here. Yeah. So maybe we should look at some credentials of people. They don't do. We already have evidential proof of people who've been on this show, who taught in the nurseries. They didn't even ask them any vital. They didn't ask them any questions. They said, "Well, you look like a nice person. Would you like to take care of the children?" Wow. Did you know that Satanists, generational Satanists, can look like a very nice person? Did you know they actually like and deliberately try to look like a nice person? To fool is daycare is daycare centers? They don't do any background checks or, or anything on these women that come in there. Uh, I'm talking about um, people that have uh, been on this show. They said that they didn't ask them these questions. Oh, okay. We're able to roll right in there. Yeah, but it shows you how easy it is for a witch to do that. Wow. And that's huh. Christians are so unbelievably simple-minded. It's absolutely pathetic. They're gullible. Uh, they're gullible. The only way they could be that stupid is if God made them that way. That's what I actually... <laughs> you have to have a theological apologetic for this. I mean, this is apologetic. completely the charts. <laughs> right. Okay, well, there's a lot of stupid people in the world, then. <laughs> well, let's keep going here. This is the way we uh, exegete Scripture, apparently. So I just want to point out, it says, um, the city will be rebuilt on her ruins. The new Jerusalem will be built over the old one. And I don't believe that's in Palestine. It's farther north. Mm. And the palace will stand in its proper place. Now, I just wanted to read the palace because, you know, people say, well, I don't believe there's going to be a literal temple. Well, make sure you spiritualize the palace, too, because that's going to be right hmm. Okay, now here's what I wanted to read with the new Moses. Verse 21 is very important. It says, Where you at? Uh, Jeremiah 30:21. Okay, okay, go ahead. Now, he's talking about a corporate people, obviously, and it says their leader, yep. they're going to have a leader. Their governor. We have that. Mm-hmm. This is not Jesus from the clouds. This is a problem. This is future. It's unfulfilled. It's literal. It has to do with the restoration of Israel. When Israel is restored, it says in Hosea 1.11, Israel and Judah will be reunited, reunited. And they will appoint one leader, and they will come up out of the land. They're moving, going somewhere. Ezekiel 20 tells us where they're going. They're going first to the place of protection, then they're going yep. to Israel. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking earlier, you think that the place of protection is here in the United States, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, everything that... 
You know something? Um, Everybody else says it's Petra. I talked about this earlier. In Jordan. Hmm. Yeah. I talked about this earlier on on the previous podcast towards the beginning. And uh, I stopped trying to get revelation from God myself. I just relied on other people. Okay. And I Ooh. actually said that was wrong. But Whoa. when I did that, everybody got the same answer. They only got mm-hmm. they got the same thing that I had gotten earlier before mm-hmm. I met any of these people. They, they they basically got confirmation. So we only had one opinion. It was never contradicted. Right. Now the reason that God does that is because He's not going to tell the church where the place of protection is. You know why? Very no, simple. Why? They don't believe in a place of protection. No, because they think they're going to be raptured out of here. If you don't believe in the Davidic Messiah. God's not going to say, well, he's going to be um, like the new Moses. No, he's not going to tell you anything. The first thing God's going to show you is that he exists. Mm-hmm. Then he'll give you supplementary yeah, information. Does this make sense? Yeah, additional information. So people yeah. will go, I haven't heard any of these things. Well, first of all, you have to convince yourself that he exists. Number one, first you're stupid. Number two, once you read your Bible a little bit more often. Well, you can't prove he doesn't exist unless you want to say that uh, Jesus uh, makes sacrifices for his own sins. Yep, I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Okay, so their leader will be one of their own. Their ruler will arise from among them. Now, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to read this, because I was saying earlier that he, God will raise him up. And this has to do with language of God just raising a person up through a natural birth through a woman. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. coming from the clouds. Nope. Nope, nope. Those are two different things. This is confirming the other passage. Their ruler will arise from among them. Now, this is what I wanted to read because you see, well, how do you know this is the new Moses? Well, see, actually, we've actually looked at enough passages. We already know there's an Exodus, and he's the leader, so therefore it's the, the, the new Moses. But if you can actually look at this passage in isolation apart from the biblical context and still determine that, that's what I actually want to show you. Okay. Go ahead. So it says, I will bring him near, and he will come close to me. <laughs> now it's like he gives a little <laughs> riddle. For who is he who, is he who will devote himself to be close to me? Now, I will. It took me years before God revealed this to me. I will. You know what he's talking about? Priesthood. Who? Yeah. Not only did, did Moses have a special privilege of, of seeing uh, God in a limited form and speaking to him, but he also really? was in close proximity to him. Now, remember on the mountain, uh, Joshua was able, he could go up the mountain. This is all done for a purpose, by the way. This has a correlation, by the way. I mean, I'm not trying to make a direct correlation, but the little angle thing that you said, it's like, pretend it's a mountain, side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, steep, steepness. Moses was at the top. Joshua was farther down. The people were at the bottom. You see that? I just, I just got a chill up my spine. Yeah, makes it sense. It illustrates hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... um. Moses was the only one that was permitted to come into the cloud of glory. That's right. That's right. He was like a high priest. The high priest was a type of him. He was a priest himself that Mm -hmm. went into the most holy place. 
they built a tabernacle, which was a prototype mm-hmm. for the Solomon's Temple, as far as the uh, most holy place. Right. And uh, only the high priest was able to go in there. Initially, it was Moses and Aaron, whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. And you had to see that is being close to God as far as proximity, spatial proximity. That's right. That's this right. is a privileged position. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Only the That's high priest once a year had to go up there. About. Now, if you actually go to the prince in Ezekiel, uh, you know, right around like um, you know, 43, 44, maybe 45, you will I actually all, see this. Right. Because in that mm-hmm. temple, which is literal, it says only the prince can enter. You see that? Yeah. There you I've go. been reading that for years. Who is this did, person? Yeah, the prince. He's a high okay, priest. Now. It says right. that in Ezekiel, and he's the he's new a king. He's see, a king. If you go to, um, yeah, he's introduced as a prince in Ezekiel 34, then he's reintroduced as a king in Ezekiel mm-hmm. 7. Yeah. Both times right. he's called the shepherd. And uh, But this person is a priest, so he's a prophet. He's a priest and a king. Hello? Hello? Hello, Dave. 